0: And now, Wolf Fights Open Mic. The Bass Jackers. I just came home, actually, from tour. Hey, guys, this is Phoenix Paul. Hey, what's up? This is Sean Frank. Wolf Fights DJs and your favorite artists. Sophie Francis. Sophie, thanks for joining us today. Hi,
1: it's super nice to join you guys. What's up, guys?
0: This is Ahmed Van Buren. Now, Open Mic. 8one hd HD3, Wolf Fights Radio. It is DJ Flame here with another Open Mic Podcast. This time we have one of my favorites, DJ Litches. How are you doing today? i'm good how are you i'm doing pretty good so i'm we'll gonna start off with this question what made what made you start or gave you the idea to become a dj Oof. wow that's
1: do you I, have you have like two hours
0: <laughs> no it's it's actually i mean
1: i wanted to be a dj like 20 years ago already before djing was like super hot it was not really something that was even considered to be a career choice uh but i was a big hip-hop fan and that was probably the first time i saw a dj being a major part of uh of a musical ensemble or you know of a group or an act and uh i was uh especially fan of limb biscuit and 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 wu-tang clan and all those uh uh groups uh, big bands and um yeah the the dj thing and making beats just you know uh was something that really really um impressed me and i wanted to do that as well but at that time when i wanted to become a dj there was no scene yet in europe or i think worldwide even there were no festivals or anything like that
0: i, when got I started out. so when you started did you like i know you probably ended like doing remixes but did you ever like also plan on like doing your own releases like your own music besides like remixes
1: well that is also a very good question because in the beginning a dj was a dj he was not a producer and so when i started out i was just playing records that i liked i went to london i went to to new york to buy my vinyl because those were you know the major cities to get your vinyl and i was just like every other dj just a dj but then while i was getting further in my career and the de- the DJing thing was evolving into a producer thing as well, so that's when I decided to uh, follow some courses, uh, some uh, colleges, and um, and yeah, get into that as well. Because I actually have a background uh, as a piano player and musician back in the days when I was a kid, so for me the step was not that big.
0: Yeah. I know like today when people want to be DJs today, I know it's a completely different from like the years past because you actually have vinyls. You like, when you talk to people with vinyls, like what's a vinyl? And you're like, it's like, it's like a CD, but it's not a CD, you know? I mean, exactly. you just... You know, you look at your turntable these days; just a little digital, and you're like that. This is what a vinyl looks like, except the vinyls when you put a needle on it. I know my my grandmother. Oh my gosh, she's a hoarder with vinyls. Like all over (laughs) all over her wall is just like records everywhere, and I guess that's what also got me into music. But uh, yeah. Well,
1: don't don't throw those away, man. You don't know uh, maybe there's some gold nugget in there because you know vinyl. That's the, the great thing about vinyl; it never fades. It never goes bad you know and that's a whole other story with cds and and all the digital things of course
0: i know the vinyls they're they're just very unique i know one time i was just walking next thing i know there was like like at least 20 big ebay boxes and i'm like what's in there and she was like oh i found these vinyls online i'm like okay (laughs) Nice, nice 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 but yeah i think that i think the passion of music is i guess came from my granny a little bit too so that's pretty cool
1: I think it, it is the same with everyone. I mean, with me was my dad. Uh, he was also a music hoarder. He had everything from vinyl to CDs to cassettes to disc, even that's a format that I, I think nobody knows or remembers anymore but yeah he was just also like completely obsessed with music
0: and i think everyone has someone in their lives you know like that too. yeah it was for me my grandmother and my mother i know when i was like five years old she gave me a mp3 player for christmas and i'm telling <laughs> you she uh nice yeah. She she went overboard with LimeWire, I'm telling you that. I mean, she was like, what song do you want? She just like put everything, I swear. I swear. I still have our family desktop, and I swear his is like most of the hard drive is filled with music and viruses from LimeWire.
1: Well, that's that's what I just wanted to say because I literally ruined the first family PC with Napster. Yeah, I heard of Napster. Because of because of viruses and all that stuff. I, I just literally hoarded music. I bought music officially too, obviously, but I also, you know, the things I couldn't... Because now everything's global and digital, but back in the days, if you didn't have the CD... Sometimes it was released in the stage, but you had to wait for like two weeks or three weeks or a month even. Right, And, right. you know, I, I wasn't that, you know, patient. So I just went to Napster for those things. But the amount of viruses I
0: got on the family PC, oh my God. Yeah. My mom's still upset about that. <laughs> See, I think, <laughs> yeah. well, same with us. I think we actually had to get a, the hard drive at least replaced at least one time too. So we lost. Uh, multiple times here, so, multiple times. <laughs> surprisingly, I think <laughs> we still have it somewhere in storage and it's still still going. Surprisingly <laughs> nice. I mean, okay, we get a blue cool. screen here and there, but <laughs> <laughs> so I read something on your biography, and it, there's this quote at the beginning that stick out to me the most. It says, "House is where the heart is, and home is where the house is." Do you think you can explain about that a little bit more?
1: Well, uh, like I said, I, I, I first got into music and the DJing thing with hip hop, but uh, soon I um, had some friends who are totally into house music and club music. And uh, they took me to all these clubs and I quite soon uh, went to Ibiza as well. uh, The the party island of the world. And I was just so mesmerized by the whole atmosphere that came with that kind of music, which is like totally, you know, feeling of togetherness, family, friends, you know, everybody united, almost like a... Almost like a hippie kind of feeling, you know, like uh, just togetherness and being united by music, and that was something I never saw in music before. And that club music, that house music, is literally where my home is, you know. That's why, yeah, that quote came about. How that co- quote came. How that quote came about. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was looking at the quote, and I'm like, that that's actually like that. That's definitely something to highlight right there because. From reading it, I mean, we all have different meanings when we read a quote, and I read that quote, and I'm like, that that is a deep quote right there. And I know that everyone, <laughs> when everyone reads it, they have different. I'm like, I know it's definitely. I seen house, so I'm like, okay, it has to be something with house trap music. So, of I, course, figure. yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I I can't take all the credit. I wrote it together with a copywriter, but we were discussing it because I I, I actually studied advertising. And I was saying, like, look, I have this feeling and I want to, you know, put this in this quote. And it's like, I am home when I listen to this music and, you know, United. And then we quickly came up with that slogan. It's not all mine. It's also my copywriter.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, teamwork is still a good quote. I mean, yeah, I think when everyone (laughs) listens to music, I think it just gives them them a place. Just like just like another place just to calm them down, you know, and just just another zone just to, like, experience the lyrics in the musical right behind it, so... Exactly, exactly. So I think from Googling your music and looking more into it, I think your first biggest hit was I Can't Stop, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Your no, not mistaking, is very close. Uh, it's only a few months off, but my first actual big track was Calling. was released in two, uh, yeah, 2016. Yeah, uh, that one got picked up by BBC, by Pete Tong, by all the legendary DJs. I got emails from from Avicii to Martin Solveig for that track, and that was the first one. And then quickly after that came i can't stop which was then signed uh, by don diablo on hexagon which is also obviously a big thing uh, and he premiered that track on edc las vegas main stage i think and the amount of messages i got after that uh was just just insane uh, i still remember that time that was very good
0: very yeah, would, cool. would you say that that was probably like where your like music career started to like drastically go up in the air or yes together with the
1: calling track absolutely yeah 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 yeah. don uh has meant a lot to me i mean i've toured with him across uh, around the world um and he's always been a big supporter of my music so yeah i am very grateful but that moment was i mean your music is premiered to like one two hundred thousand people you know (laughs) that's just insane you know and uh yeah the the,
0: the 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 feedback on that one was huge. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when you try, especially when, when you mentioned travel around the world, when you do that, just to, like DJ. I know you have like crazy amount of crowds. Like, how do you feel when you're about to perform and like that bunch that much people? It's just fills me. I well, probably passed out on spot. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I must say um I've been now DJing full-time for like 14 years. So it's I don't want to sound cocky, but it kind of normalizes. That being said, there are of course still uh gigs that just blow you away. Uh for example, when I played Tomorrowland main stage. I can assure you, there was some alcohol involved to calm the nerves. <laughs> <Ultra-fiancé>. <laughs> and, and 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 also, that being said, I must say that if you pass a certain amount of people, amount like a certain number of people, it just gets abstract. You know, I mean, I think if you pass like ten thousand people, and then you go like sixty or seventy or eighty, it all looks kind of similar because it's all just a lot. You know, it's just like. You can you're, I think your brain just goes into error mode or something and just says like, okay, this is a lot of people. We can't fathom anymore. how much exactly. But yeah, um, that being said, um, I still get nervous sometimes, but I uh, I have this little trick where I just play some some game on my iPhone where I just you know just zone out and you know like just play a few games of something online just five minutes before I go on. And that kind of calms my nerves a little
0: bit. Yeah, I know there's there's a lot of people that has like different like ways of coping right before they get on stage. I know some like sleeping, some play game and drinking, of course. I know. I know I <laughs> not too much, boys and girls. Yeah, Never exactly. too much. <laughs> just the limit. Just make sure you don't hit the limit, but get close enough to the limit where you just can't, you know. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Just some courage, you know. Uh it's just I mean, it's just too to take the edge off a little bit because you, you, I mean, you, sometimes it just, um, you, it just doesn't hit you yet how important that gig is or how big that gig is until you get there. And sometimes it's just, yeah, you know, already like a year beforehand that this is going to be like a major
0: milestone in your career. And then, yeah, you, you have all the time to get nervous basically. (laughs) I know because I know eventually you'll get used to it and you'll like, you'll like, think the crowd or your like listeners basically like as a family you know you see all the exactly. ones that just support you and you're just like that also exactly. gets you pumped too you're like this exactly. is awesome they're all here for me
1: <laughs> yes that is a crazy feeling especially when they have like the boards and uh, with your name on it or wearing a t-shirt with your face last uh uh, last gig i got like puppets uh with my face on it and stuff like that it's just crazy the flags of their national uh, national flags with then my logo on it and stuff like that just super blessed that people go that whole length to support me you know and and that of course helps too because if you when you see those friendly faces in the crowd you're just like okay all right they're here to have a good time i'm here to have a good time what can possibly go wrong?
0: Yeah, exactly, and that, <laughs> that actually kind of led on to the next thing I was going to like talk about. Like, what was the most crazy when you are performing? What was like the most craziest thing you like experienced while you're on stage, rather than from the audience or like equipment wise, like something? Well, like, I hilarious. think I
1: think I must. I mean, I played in Paris once um, in the city center. It was like a, I don't know if you know that in the states, but it's like a techno parade, which is basically um, all these buses and trucks with DJs on them that drive uh, through the Champs-Elysees, which is like the biggest main street of uh, Paris, with millions of people around you just following the truck, just walking alongside a slow-moving truck, playing music. And every truck is hosted by a different uh, brand or radio or whatever. And I was playing at that time, and I still remember that people just actually climbed into... The traffic light onto the traffic lights, jumping on cars on the roof of cars, just totally destroying the cars, just having this massive rave. um And I, I asked I asked one of the, 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 the promoters of the, 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 the parade, like, why are people not moving their cars? Because obviously, if you know that this parade is going to pass, you know. Uh, And uh, yeah, we we have this problem always. We just tell people not to park there, but still some people do it. And then it's a whole insurance thing, (laughs) obviously. But uh, yeah, that was just insane, man. That was, I mean, I had uh, a view on the Notre Dame. I had a view on, I mean, that was just, just crazy. Because I, I didn't know like a crowd could
0: go that crazy. They're like crawling on the. Because <laughs> yes, at first, the way you were talking about, my am like, whoa! They cro. They climbed in the truck with the driver. I'm about to say, whoa! The truck get their no, free no, ride. No, 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 no! That they
1: leave the truck alone because actually there's like people uh, walking around the truck with ropes, so nobody gets under the the truck. It's like a safety perimeter, but of course you're going through the center of Paris, so everything else is up for grabs, basically. So people climb on bus stops traffic i had literally uh like 12 14 meters high someone hanging on traffic light going like this like going it's insane uh scenes yeah (laughs) yeah i I, I can't do that honestly i'll be like (laughs) (laughs) no me neither me neither and luckily nobody got hurt and nobody ever gets hurt but people are just so you know like stoked and hyped up on on the whole event because it's so surreal you know you have the like the Eiffel Tower in the background and just millions of people just running around or walking with the trucks to a certain stop to a certain like a certain route and it's just insane absolutely
0: insane that is insane you know that's actually something I just like really want to well I do want to see in a person but at the same time I don't want no one to get hurt but I'm like that's just like it's just crazy to think about like people climbing up I mean we got, I mean, most of our traffic lights here are pretty high. So you're just thinking you're like, you're just going down the road and you just see someone hanging from a uh, a traffic light and you're like, hey, how are you doing? Well, it, it's, it's it's the same in in, uh, in
1: in Europe. Our lights are very high too, but for some reason, nobody gets hurt. Every, everybody is just, uh, you know, having fun and. In this society where everything um, is like super, you know, contained. Because I don't know if they're still doing the techno parade. It could be that because of those things you just mentioned, they're no longer doing it. But I'm talking ten years ago, and then that was still just not a problem at all. Not by politicians, or it was not forbidden. Just police was just watching, and there were no no incidents because, like I said, the the, the house music that we play is is always about unity and love and accepting each other and even uh, the lgbtq community everything is super involved with the music we make and club music and we've always been very uh the queer community has always been a very big part of us there was never any color because house music literally started in detroit um so everything is just we we just love and embrace everyone so those rays or parades were really 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 peaceful nothing really ever happens uh, but yeah I can imagine climbing a, a lamppost or a traffic light is not the um top example
0: of uh, um, safety yeah they safety but <laughs> the same time what you mentioned was really awesome because I love it when just like people just like come together like for like concerts and music events like that no matter what they'll just all come together exactly. with love and peaceful like no, no fear of danger or anything you can just exactly. and celebrate and just like have a good time with each other that is actually pretty good to know so. exactly exactly that's why i fell in love with th- this
1: kind of music because when i went to ibiza to that to that very first club i will never forget i was there in an afternoon it was an afternoon rave and i got in uh I think Tiesto was playing David Guetta. It was an insane lineup. The tickets, I mean, I'm talking 15 years ago. So the tickets were not that expensive. And I was just dancing on the dance floor with a dad next to me with his seven-year-old son or, or oh. on his shoulders, just enjoying the music. And then 10 meters from there, there was uh, Barbara Tucker singing. She's a great house singer. And she was singing in front of Serena Williams, who was just chilling there you know, no VIP, no security, nothing, just everybody just, you know, together, you know, like just living in the moment. No, it was also before social media. So (laughs) maybe that helped too. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but right there. And then I just fell in love with this vibe and and with, with how it was, I was, it was just connecting people. And I was talking to the dad and I was saying, why are you bringing your six, seven year old son here? And said, I grew up here. I love this music, and I want, I wanted, I want to share this with him. Uh, it's just that just blew my mind, man. That was, that just blew my
0: that's, mind. That's that's really awesome to think about, <laughs> and like the inspiration to your music, even your like newer music today, they also sound really good. I know there's two recent ones that uh, one that I think it came out like the late into last year. Pablo like I guess, around christmas time never let you go that was uh, yeah, yeah. that was probably one of my favorites and then you got okay. in my heart thank you
1: man thank you. you're very kind thank you yeah both of them are, are are written with the same feeling all my music is written with the same feeling of just you know making people laugh fun love you know having having this great time together because i think at recent times we are losing, gradually losing that connection a lot. And um, in my heart, was actually written for all the fans that I had to miss during COVID and all the fans that I was not connecting with anymore. So I was, I, I was at this party in a country where COVID measures were already lifted and then some other people couldn't join. And that's where I wrote in my heart about like, you know, like you are not here in... You know like physically but you're here in spirit because you we are all connected by this music and that's what that track is actually about
0: really that i didn't actually know that so that's actually pretty because i know when i first heard mm-hmm. it i know you, you hear my heart but it's like just the beat to it it's just like you just want to get your legs like, yeah, I'm like this is Thank nice. You. This is really catchy. So I can I Thank can you. definitely feel and see like the upbeat in your music, especially in my heart cuz I think when I we think we were advertising it as new music at the beginning of this year, I was like this is really catchy. So that was like one of my favorite <laughs> Thank new you. songs for that week. That's very kind, man. Thank you. Of course. So um In the future, do you plan on like doing any collaborations or anything in the future or any like remixes or any future plans with your music? Uh, There are
1: some future plans, but unfortunately, like most future plans, I cannot really talk about it yet. But there are some remixes coming for a big American label. Um, And I have a big collab coming up as well. Um, But yeah, I can't really drop names yet. But there is also a new single coming in a month from now i think which uh yeah, we're at the end of march so month month and a half and it's called Ibiza skies it's about uh that
0: feeling in Ibiza so yeah um yeah Yeah, understand. A lot
1: of lot of stuff coming.
0: (laughs) I understand. I don't know that you have to like you have to keep it secret until it comes out because I completely understand that. It's just to know. I I know there's like a few hints they like to throw out at you. I I don't. I
1: don't. I don't even want to be a douche about it, but it's like you know, it's the music industry, and so many things still can go wrong because, like recently, I announced uh, a remix that was coming, and then in the end, it got killed for some you know corporate or music reason or whatever. So that's why I'm like super careful with these things. It's not always even. In my power, how the, or when the music gets out, you know? uh So, yeah, that's why. But there are a lot of things boiling in my studio right now. So, there's a lot of stuff coming. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're definitely looking forward to it too. So, thank you, man. Thank I you. I mean, yeah. So, DJ Licious, how did you get the name DJ Licious?
1: That's the, the question that always comes back. And the answer is um, is not so fancy as you might think, but uh, when I was around like 15, 16 years old, um, there was uh, like a tendency for DJs to to always make like a little wordplay with their names. And at that time, um, there was also a track uh, from uh, Destiny's Child, Bootylicious. <laughs> I heard and it just and I just it just clicked in my head DJ delicious you know just like okay this sounds funny it's clever in some way which I now doubt but I was 16 so come on let's not be too, I mean, too yeah, you're a teenager with there, so, Yeah, <laughs> I was a teenager at the time and the, the name kind of stuck and the, the fun thing is that I have a lot of uh, European colleagues and they have like these very sophisticated names. But then they get pronounced wrong when they were like touring in Asia or in the States, and my name never gets pronounced wrong. So I call it a win. It, maybe it's not the
0: best wordplay in the world, but I call it a win anyway. <laughs> it ain't the best, but I mean it's definitely like really, really hard to mess up because you think licious. You're like because when I, I think when I first saw your name, that's actually what came. The first thing in my head came was bootylicious. I'm like, exactly. I'm like, is that where he got it from, or is it just like a coincidence?
1: no 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 that's exactly where i got it from because uh, again it was like the trend at the time of all the djs like making these like word plays and like you know alliterations or whatever you know and at that time uh, dj alicia's just sounded funny and and I, I i mean what did i know i was 16 years old what did i know that i was gonna travel the world with my music and produce and all that i was just you know i was just playing some college parties that was it and i thought well I need a name.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And here we are 15 years later. (laughs) I bet when you're in college, everyone just loved the name DJ Licious. They'll be like
1: DJ Licious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was even, I think it was even with a brainstorm session with one of my friends, you know, like we were on the bikes, you know, just like chilling somewhere in a park. I think even it was like, I got this name and I got this name. And then what do you guys think? And they were like, Oh, DJ Licious. That is actually cool. And I said, okay, all right. So without any, further consideration i just went and di- dove in and yeah
0: <laughs> and it's still it's still successful today so i mean <laughs> hey if it, it, it still impacts today so i mean who knew that when you're just young something that you did now is actually still like relevant today exactly and exactly and i just keep saying
1: people for the people who don't like the name DJ Alicious, there is a very successful artist called marshmallow i mean it, a name is just a name also you know
0: it's just you know it's just uh yeah I know you got, like, there's a lot of, I know, like, a lot of DJ, which is one of the things I like about DJs, the creativity in their names. They either just come up with the top of their head or base with, like, uh, life experiences. Um, exactly. I think, I know the first the first EDM group I was introduced to was the Chainsmokers, and I'm like. Exactly. I'm like. They, they don't even smoke. <laughs> they I think, like, they don't even smoke, and I'm like, because that's, like, one of the things, do the Chainsmokers smoke? And they're like, no. No,
1: exactly exactly i mean that is i mean it's just you know a moniker is just uh, an alias it's it, but at that time destiny child was larger than life it still is but then in the form of beyonce obviously but yeah it was just uh, yeah just like that
0: <laughs> well, that's really good so is there like any inspiration you have for like others today that are pers- wanting to pursue like a career in djing or producing
1: i think um the key thing and i know it's not gonna sound any uh, like romantic or like super i mean it's gonna sound a little bit preachy maybe even but i think the most important thing you should um um do is follow your heart and be patient because i always believe that if you follow trends or you want to be like you or follow other examples or you know of course you can get inspired by other artists or artists that do amazing things, obviously. But if you do what is coming from your heart, you will resonate at a certain moment with other people and with fans and with people who consume your music. If you're just following blindly and like very deliberately make music or DJ, and you just follow the trends, you're always going to be behind. If you do what you think is you, then at a certain moment you the trend and what you are doing are going to come on a crossroad and that's where it explodes and that's what happened to me but for some people that moment on the crossroad can take 5 months and with others it can take 20 years so that is the patience part that is just something you really need to you have to keep believing and you have to keep and trust me even if you're like a big dj and i don't even consider myself to be the top but if you are in a certain level It still is hard, you know, it never stops. You still have to keep that inner compass and just do what you like. And sometimes what you do will be like super popular and everybody will like it. And in certain times, the trend is just so far away from you that there's not even a, you know, a little spot on you. But just keep the faith and it will come back to you for sure.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of it, DJ bass, it's based on trial and error and just uh, following life experience and what you love. Um, Exactly. I I mean,
1: it's it's, it's super hard work, you know, I I look like crap right now because I just slept like three hours yesterday on the plane uh, coming back from Tomorrowland Winter. Uh, the day before I slept two hours, then I had a whole travel. I just come from Nepal. Uh, if you don't really like what you're doing and you're in it for the wrong reasons, trust me, you can't keep up with anything. This is really, really important that it's your passion and that it's what you really want because you're not going to keep up with this lifestyle or pace
0: of, of of lifestyle because
1: yeah, if your heart's not in it, that's not going to fly. For sure.
0: Yeah, I understand. Because I know a lot of people don't, when they think of DJing, they never, some, most of the time doesn't like traveling around the world, doesn't like cross their minds as much. I mean, most people just think about like locally, but like then once. Exactly. And and, and
1: you can be a great local DJ. I, I mean, I, w- I was talking to a DJ yesterday. Uh, he's like super big in Belgium. He sells out arenas. But if you go outside of Belgium, nobody knows him. Absolutely nobody. But he sells out arena shows of 20,000 tickets all by himself. And he just told me, he said, like, I am very impressed what you do because you have all these jet lags. You're doing this whole bigger area around the world with the touring. And I get to get to my own bed every night. And I I, I still make the same amount of money as you or even more, maybe. So it's you never know where your career is going, where your audience is. So that is also you know something you need to find out and with trial and error and you know that
0: basically. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, no, it's just a lot and just basically most of what everyone says is go what your heart follows and just what you just feel like doing for your career and
1: be patient. I cannot stress that enough. Be patient because I sometimes have like people sending me stuff and they're like, oh, I've been uh, doing this DJ thing for a year now. And he's still not working. And I'm like, dude, a year is absolutely nothing in this in this industry. I mean, David Guetta, probably the most famous DJ ever to be alive. He was already pushing parties and DJing for 15 years before he got big, or 20 years even before he really blew up with all his collapse with Kelly Rowland and all those things and the Black Eyed Peas. That was 15 years of hustle before that, and nobody sees the hustle; they only see the success. But there's so much hustle and patience before that. Yeah. Never forget that.
0: That's everything. I I believe that patience is key for everything. And I exactly. mean, look at the older artists like David Guetta. I mean, he, I mean, he has like uh, "I'm Good" is still like really high on the charts after a few months, and it's just crazy. And most. Most of his songs are, and I think it's just the more that you get into it, the more you'll know what to expect and just get a feel for what. And there's always, always the element of
1: luck a little bit. I mean, obviously hard work pays off and, and it's also the American dream and all that. And I, I, I truly believe that. But there's also an element of luck because with David Geta, he was already on top of the world and everybody thought he cannot go higher than this. This is, you know, he's he's good. He's solid. He's going straight. And then, and good happens, and all of a sudden he gets introduced to a whole new generation of kids on TikTok and it explodes again for him. I don't think anyone in the music industry thought that would be possible and he just did it with that element of luck and just the right collab and just the right, you know, music out and, you know, it just resonated again with a whole new generation and that is super cool same thing with kate bush for example with with stranger things you know that was a track nobody played that track anymore nobody and
0: then all of a sudden it gets introduced to a whole new audience and her career just exploded again i think that i think that's like one of the main things about music too is like there's a lot of songs that they may not seem popular now or they were popular back then but then they're like Maybe a new trend or another platform or social media or something for the younger audiences. Exactly, blow right back look, up again.
1: Exactly, is that's the good, the great thing about internet nowadays. Of course, in my time when I started and you you released music, if it was not popular, popular at, at straight away and was not playing on the radio, it was over. Now with the internet, anything can be come big. 10, 12 years, 15 years after release, it can still happen. You don't know. There's like one guy, a big guy or a big media figure or whatever. This is like, like, oh, this is a nice song. And everybody picks it up again. And you you have a whole new career. It's, that's the beauty of internet, I think, at the moment. it's just It goes in any possible direction. Who would have expected that ABBA uh, with Gimme, Gimme, Gimme would be big again in the whole world?
0: in such a major way nobody yeah and they like i know what they did with like i'm good they took like the original song by eiffel 65 and they remixed it another way so basically they in a way like rebooted it right back up which is exactly and baby resha did an amazing job obviously i mean that was
1: just insane but that track was big in europe 25 years ago when i started as a dj super i mean I, I was not even a dj i think at the time and then all of a sudden it gets picked up again and it just blows up in a way that
0: nobody ever imagined yeah i knew that i knew that song was big because i think that was one of the, like one of the edm songs i liked when i was younger and really yeah i okay. think i was like i hadn't i was i don't forgot i was like eight years old and i had my ipod <laughs> touch and then a song a friend introduced me to the song i'm like this is a nice beat and then that's when I started getting more into it and I didn't know they're from Europe. And then ever since then, it's just like the like top dance song in Europe. And then now today you'll see it every now and then for like, like what people use, I guess, for like memes nowadays or just like reboots. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Cool. Cool. So is there anything else that you would like to add or mention?
1: No, not really. There's new music coming. Uh, every, I would like to thank everyone for listening to In My Heart, my latest single. And if you're, uh, in Europe this, uh, summer or maybe in Asia, because I'm doing a tour in Nepal again in May, I think you're always welcome to, uh, come to one of my shows and, uh, reach out on Instagram and try to, to, um, respond to everyone in the best possible way <laughs> because of course it's sometimes uh you know uh, like, uh, a job that is not uh, sustainable but uh, if you reach out i always try to react and it's always cool to see fresh faces faces at shows so yeah thanks everyone for the support
0: yeah, of course and it is definitely well deserved so, thank you man All right. thank Great you time. for joining us again this is dj flame on um, open mic you can if you like this episode you can check out more episodes of open mic wherever you get your podcast or at wolfbites.ncsu.edu this is dj flame and until next time